Welcome back into Sports Call Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app, live at SEC Media Days on Radio Row. Here, JJ Jackson, Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, and Jake Crane here with us from Crane and Company. And it's always a blast when we get to see you, buddy. What's up, guys? It's always good to see you. Uh, this is my second Media Days. I feel like a vet now a little bit. <laughs> you know, I'm looking around at the rookies, who's paying for dinner, stuff like that. So, no, it's always good to run into y'all. It's always fun to chat with you. I mean, you've been by the studio at this point mm-hmm. in Auburn, and now you're off and doing cool things. you got the new show going with the Daily Wire there with Crane and Company, and it seems like you guys have hit the ground running this week. Yeah, it's it's been unbelievable. Uh, you know, meeting up with, with Ben and them, and we were in the middle of renegotiating with Cowherd, and, and, you know, the Daily Wire's been expanding, whether it's in movies, you've seen that, uh, country music, you know, John Rich has a label now over there, and, and they wanted to get into sports, and... Uh, you know, it was honored for them to reach out. We just passed Disney and podcast downloads as a company yesterday, so it's it's through the roof right now. But just very blessed, man. You know, and and I appreciate the audience out there for giving us a chance. And and uh, you know, when I started doing this, I didn't know anything like this was going to happen. Yeah. But once it got to a certain point, you know, you you get shots in life, and you got to take them. You know, like Michael Scott said, Wayne Gretzky said, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Amen. And look, we're, we're talking here with you about everything that's happened over the mm-hmm. last 365 days and kind of what you got going on right now with the Daily Wire mm-hmm. with this new show. It's cool to have the, the, sale, the same guys that have been with you since day one are now still part of the squad. For sure. I mean, having Cone, it's funny, you know, when, when we went to Atlanta, when I, when I had some investors move me to Atlanta, it was just me doing the show, if you remember at the beginning, and, and Blaine was helping out kind of, you know, executive producing, whatever you want to call, and I met Cone in Atlanta, and he was just had a video production company, so that's, it started out as audio, we went to video, and nobody knew when we went with Cowherd and them, and actually started doing the show out of the College Football Hall of Fame, that they were even going to be on the show. The investors didn't know, anybody didn't know, and after we got done with the first show, they, I was wondering, you know, would they be mad or anything like that? They text me like, dude, why haven't we been doing this the whole time? Yeah. So uh, it's been great to be there with my brother. Um, you know, that's that makes the arguments a little a little bit better. And and Cone obviously haven't played quarterback at Michigan and, and played, you know, being from the South and Statesboro and and uh, he's been a great ad as well. So it's uh, it's been a lot of fun, man. You're doing a home game this week. Then this is your former home. It is. You know, Obviously, you've relocated since, but now here we are back in the ATL. Yeah, it's funny, you know, walking in here and looking where we used to be set up and, and kind of going through it. It's just, it's happened so fast. I really haven't had time to, like, sit back and really, you know, kind of look at it and survey it because I think, you know, it's like a shark in the water. When you stop swimming, you die. So uh, that's kind of the way I've looked at it. You know, I'll, I'll look back when it's done and, and you know, you, you take chances, like I said. So it's been uh, it's been a wild ride and we're only getting started. So you can check us out. It's Crane and Company, C-R-A-I-N and Company, uh, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that stuff. There you go. Well, let's get into some football let's talk since we're here for SEC Media Days. Yep. And obviously this is an Auburn show. we got to talk about Auburn. Brian Harson coming in tomorrow. Uh, your thoughts on Auburn, where they stand right now as we get ready to head into this new season? Well, you know me, guys. I'm, um, I always want Auburn to do well. Uh, I'll always be an Auburn fan. We're, we're, you know, I'm Kirk Crane's son. <laughs> but from there, born and raised there, went to Opelika High School. And uh, I look, and, and I almost somewhat feel bad for Brian a little bit because I talked about this today. You know, until Auburn gives a guy full control, like, we're going to be stuck in this cycle. I'm just telling you. Georgia has given Kirby full control. One of the reasons Kirby didn't come to Auburn, now that's not saying he wouldn't have left Auburn for Georgia. It's his alma mater. They gave him full control. All right, Nick Saban, full control. Brian Kelly has full control at LSU. Look at what happens when the A&M gave Jimbo full control. Until Auburn gives a head coach full control, we may have a one-off a couple years where we beat Bama. We may have a one-off where we beat Georgia. But being able to compete at that level, 
where everything, whether it's behind the scenes, in the scene, before the scene, is controlled by the head coach. Billy Napier handed Scott Strickland, I was talking with Chris Doring earlier, handed Scott Strickland a, a list of 30 things that I have to have and I have to be in control or I'm not coming. So Billy Napier has full control at Florida. Until Auburn's willing to do that, we're going to be caught up in this hamster wheel. And Brian Harson is a guy that's going to grind as much as anybody. I love the vision that he has for the program. But until you give a guy full control, it's not going to matter. When do you think that happens? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'd look, I'll, tell me where to go, and I'll try and do it. But, uh, again, until people that make these decisions make the decision to say, you know what, you know, Jesus take the wheel. Let's give it to him and let him do it. We're not going to know. And that's not saying Auburn won't have success. Right. I'm not saying Auburn once every three or four years won't make a run because Auburn sells itself. It's a beautiful place. It's got beautiful people, and, and it deserves to have success. But to me, as an Auburn fan, like, it's tough right now with Georgia and Bama, but it's not just tough because they're so good. It's tough because they have access to stuff that Brian Harson or any head coach at Auburn is not going to have access to. Even Gus didn't have full control. And you know me, I wasn't the biggest Gus Malzahn fan in the world, but I'm smart enough to see that, and I've been in the business. And if you don't have control, how the hell am I supposed to steer the ship? And, and when you do have control, guess what? It's all on me. And all these head coaches want, because you have to have an ego to be in this business, especially yeah. at a high level. All these coaches want is just give me a chance. Give me a fighting chance. And the, and the higher-ups in Auburn have to do it. And if they don't, we're going to keep going through this hamster wheel. We don't do this very often because there's so many more factors in play. But if we just look at the roster and ignore everything else yeah. that Auburn has, I know there's still issues at quarterback and trying to find wide receivers as well. But just grading the roster, how does it compare to the other SEC schools? Well, again, I, I hold Auburn to a high standard. I'm going to compare you against the top because the minute Auburn stops comparing themselves to Auburn and Alabama is the minute we don't have a shot. And we have to keep that standard high. I tell fans all the time, it's like, oh, well, it's okay, 7-5, and 8-4. No, it's not okay. It may happen, but it's not okay. It's not acceptable. The reality, is Auburn going to win 10, 11 games every year? Probably not. But when I look at this roster, I always look up front. That's where the game's won and lost. You see guys like Jimbo Fisher and all these coaches trying to bridge that gap between Bama and now Georgia. It's up front. And it's not just your starting five on the offensive line. It's not the starting front seven on defense. It's the backups. It's your first seven to eight offensive linemen. Because we know the SEC is a battle of attrition. Out at wide receiver, it, it's who knows? Who knows right now? I know they've added some guys in the transfer portal. I think Tarvarish Dawson is going to be the best one. At quarterback, there's a lot of unknowns. I think Zach Calzada is going to win the job. But I don't think Zach Calzada is a guy that can have minimal pieces around him and go do what Auburn fans expect Auburn to do. So I would give the roster right now a C plus. I think the defense is going to be a strength, but I worry about the depth. And when you start adding positions to a position that you don't know, quarterback, we know what Tank Bigsby's going to do. They're going to have to get him involved in the passing game. He's going to have to run more angles than a geometry teacher. So when you look at the roster that Auburn has, right now it's a C+, and it just goes to show you how vitriolic the Auburn-Alabama rivalry is that Auburn was able to stay that close last year without Bo Nick. Yeah. So it's, he's fighting uphill. He is, and it just it is what it is at this point. Your comparisons are the best at what you do. It's a disorder, man. Like I'm, you know, <laughs> I got a photographic memory, so I can just remember everything. Which everybody's like, "Oh, that's so cool." No, it's not. <laughs> it's fifty percent cool. Uh, so. <laughs> My dreams. It's ridiculous. Well, we're not getting to that. <laughs> All right, well, now one question I was going to ask. Uh, obviously, the schedule is what it is. Yeah. You got to play at Georgia, at Alabama, along with everything else. How how vitally important is it for Brian Harson with all the 
smoke going on right now, how vitally important is that Penn State game? Because you know they're going to win, win the first two uh, it's unless huge. something crazy yeah. happens. It's huge, and I'm going to tell you, I think, you know, we're all Auburn fans. I th- I'm going to tell you what I think is going to happen. Number one, they better focus on Mercer. Well, it's true. Okay, like you better not even be looking to Penn State. And then San Jose State's coming to town. Now, this isn't the San Jose State on NCAA 14. That's like a two-star. These guys have beat Brian Harson before at Boise. Some of the guys are still on that staff. So they got to take it one game at a time. But here's what's going to happen. Auburn's going to start out 5-0. and Okay. They'll beat Penn State at home. They'll beat Missouri at home. They'll beat LSU at home. And all of a sudden, after the first five games, Brian Harson, Pat Dye. Everybody, <laughs> forget the boosters. He did it. It's the man he's everybody else. Then we're going to go to Georgia, and it's probably going to be ugly. Then we're going to go to Ole Miss, and it's probably going to be ugly. You can go ahead and fast forward. Probably end up 7-5. and five. That's right. what I'm looking at right now. And that, that bowl game, that eighth game, I think may be a must win. And I hate to say that because I, I think Brian Harson can do it. I said that when, it, when they hired him. I like the outside-the-box hires. If you look at the hires that work most of the time, they're outside-the-box hires. I mean, Nick Saban's a Midwest guy. I'm going to go down the list of coaches that have had success that aren't from the area where they had success. It's not just Saban. So when, when I look at, at Auburn in the schedule, it feels like 7-5 and five to me, but I know Auburn is unbelievable at giving us hope. They'll give us hope and then pull the rug right out from under us. So they'll start out 5-0, and oh, may end up 7-5. and five. I, I, I hope I'm wrong, but I've watched Auburn my whole life. Uh, you know, the landscape this year in the SEC is not getting any easier, Tom, yeah. when you look around. So uh, it's, it's going to be tough. I, I got them 7-5, and five, but, again, I, I hope I'm wrong. So, so basically, if Auburn fans want to know how the season goes, they can go a few miles down the road and get on a roller coaster at Six Flags. That's exactly right. But, again, every Auburn <laughs> fan out there, most of them, that at least have they, followed Auburn their whole life, are nodding their head right now they, saying, you know what, I've seen this movie before. <laughs> we haven't gotten off the roller coaster. That's true. <laughs> we, yeah, it's, again, it's, like, it's like Purgatory was a theme park. <laughs> What about Bruce Pearl, though? At least he's getting oh, off well, first a little off, bit. First, yeah, yeah, hold on. We're not talking about basketball, even though I was kind of upset, uh, you know, about Miami. I hated that for the team. But Bruce Pearl, uh, again, we're, you know, I know we were talking about the king. I mean, King Pearl, what, what he's done <laughs> at Auburn. And I, I, I say this, you know, it's tough for Harson right now, but if you look, Butch Thompson and, and Bruce Pearl, so it is good. the golden era of yep. Auburn basketball and Auburn baseball. And I just, I know Auburn does a really good job of loving those guys up, but what Bruce and Butch have been able to do, now Omaha is expected. It's the standard. I remember going up, remember t- when Tim Hudson took us to Omaha, you remember we had this, now it's the standard. In basketball, we were the number one ranked team in the country. Yeah. In the country. If you'd have told me that when I was watching Rob Chubb and the rest of the YMCA guys <laughs> we had out there playing, I would have put you on the first boat to Shutter Island. So now that what Bruce has done is amazing. Build the statue, hell, build two of them, name the Coliseum after them, Neville Pearl Arena, whatever the heck you want to call it. Uh, that dude is a witch of the highest order. So we want the Killer Bees to be in effect, you know, Bruce, Butch, and Brian. Yeah, I mean. that to be going. Yeah, it's, I, I hope, I hope Brian Harson can get it going. Well, sure, I hope he does too, but here's my thing. You would have to imagine, this is now we're kind of swinging all the way back to what we talked about at the beginning. You have to imagine Bruce Pearl's got full control of that. Program. Oh, he does have full control. You think, but Butch Thompson probably has full control of full that. Full control. Why the hill does Brian Harson not that have full control when because, well, well, because again, we have to remember football boosters and basketball boosters are different guys. Like a lot of these guys, there's some carryover, yeah. there's some crossover. But think about it: when Bruce Pearl came to Auburn basketball and he asked Auburn basketball full control, where was Auburn basketball at? They just hired a guy coming off a of show cause, so he had all the leverage, really. And and Auburn could say, you know what? We haven't figured this out. Auburn's had success in football. They've had some good success in baseball. Look where Butch Thompson came from. 
he came, when Mississippi State was the hottest thing on the block in baseball when he came over there. So it's totally different. I don't think you can compare the three. And then football, we know, is elevated to a different standard. And that's a different amount of money, too, that we're talking about. And the egos of these guys. That's the thing. If you control football, that's like controlling the grain as the king. Like, you control everything. You control the city. So football controls the city. I think it's a little bit different. You mentioned Tavares Dawson a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Who are other young guys on Auburn football's roster in 2022? that we need to talk about this year you know as far as breakout players and and guys are going to get get a shot and i know the tight end room has some older guys and some younger guys but i think you're going to see auburn auburn may have the best tight end room it's had in a long long time and i know brian harson knows that and he's going to feature them i'm interested to see how some of the young linemen that are growing up do but really outside of tarval i mean jarquez hunter's already shown me i know he's coming off an, a knee injury that kid's already shown me he can do it he he, he was an elite as a freshman if you really go back and watch I don't know if there's a guy outside of Tarvarish that I'm looking at and going, this kid I think can be a game breaker. And and it worries me. It's it's worrisome. Now, defensively, you do return some experience. There are some young guys they're mixing in the background. But I don't think there's there's a ton of young guys. And, I, and again, I hope they burst on the scene and I'm 100% wrong. But I think the veteran – this is going to be a very veteran-heavy team. And so really Tarvarish to me is the only one I'm looking at going, this guy I think could be elite. I, I'm, I'm talking about like – top shelf, one of the best wide receivers that Auburn's had in a long time. And don't forget, he played corner as well in high school. Do you know how many completions he gave up in high school his senior year? I think he gave up two. Two, two wow. completions a whole year. I'm just saying, this guy's a little bit different, and he's got elite speed. Let's take a quick look at the whole SEC. and mm-hmm. I, I think it's safe to say Alabama, Georgia at the top, pretty safe. Uh, but th- I've been asking this question all week because the SEC West below Alabama I mean, I understand Texas A&M has a lot of talent, but they've, except aside from one year, they've really not lined that talent up very successfully. And it feels like you've got zero teams that are just easy wins for the other teams. It, two through seven seems pretty interchangeable. How are you kind of feeling out the all these teams that, that seem like they're a player here or a player there from, from catapulting the rest? Yeah, I think A&M's a year away. If, if you fast forward to 23, they're going to return all their offensive linemen and all their defensive linemen. Now, Max Johnson, I think, is going to be the guy. I think that was a very sneaky, sneaky pickup for them. I'm, I'm not a Haynes King believer. I think A&M, you're looking at 9-3 and three and getting ready for that next year to really make a push. They could possibly be the number preseason number one team in the country in 2023. The team I'm looking at in the West, guys, because i got three teams going 4-4 four and four in, the, in the SEC West. i got Auburn going 4-4. Four and four. i got A&M going 4-4. Four and four. I think A&M goes 0-3 to start the season. Look at those first three games. Then I've got uh, uh, Ole Miss going 4-4 four and four as well. Arkansas, to me, is the team to watch out of the West. You, they're one of eight teams in Power 5 that return both coordinators and quarterbacks, and their quarterback, KJ Jefferson, who, to me, with Will Rogers, may be two of the most underrated guys in the country. When you look at that offensive line, St. John, your bookend tackle, he's a heck of a player. Stromberg moved to center. Uh, and I don't worry about Arkansas's offensive line, but on defense – you return Barry Odom, who had to patchwork that defense. There's a reason they're playing a 4-2-5, guys, because they were having to put a bunch of DBs in there and try and witchcraft and wizardry their way to stop you because they didn't have the depth up front. But I look at Barry Odom coming back with bumper pool in that front seven and then Jordan Catalan in the back end. You have experience. You have coordinators returning, and Arkansas believes. It's one thing for somebody to say, hey, we believe we're going to Clark League and come out here and say Vanderbilt's going to have the best program in the country. I get it. <laughs> but it's another thing for the guys in that locker room to be able to look at Bama and look at these other teams and say, you know what, we're not afraid. 
afraid of them. And that's what Sam Pittman's unbelievable at. He has a genuine belief in those guys, and those guys genuinely believe in him. And when you mix that together with the talent they have, with the experience they, they, they bring back and how physical their identity is, watch out for Arkansas. i got them going 9-3. and three. Seems like a lot of people are buying into Sam Pittman and what he can do Perfect there at fit, Arkansas. Man. He's a good right. dude. I mean, he's a great dude. Another team in the SEC West to mention. Again, we're chatting with Jake Crane here from Crane & Company. Mm-hmm. Mike Leach and the Mississippi State yep. Bulldogs. You just had him on your show. Yeah. What was that like? <laughs> yeah, we just dropped it uh, at, at 2 Central. You know, we, t- we talked a little bit of football. We talked a little bit about Will Rogers and how deep the SEC is. But, you know, we asked him. You know, we talked about robots taking over the world for a while. <laughs> He's big on that. One of his buddies in Wyoming shot a drone with a shotgun. He talked about that for about eight minutes. But, you know, the thing about Mike Leach that's funny to me is, like, we, we went in there with a couple topics we were going to talk about. I wanted to make sure we talked a little bit of football. But when you talk to Mike Leach, man, it's, it's almost like sitting around talking to, like, you know, I, I grew up around older people so you know my dad used to take me to, to sports bars and stuff like that and i'd listen to him and former players talking they're just hilarious mike leach kind of reminds me of that vibe because mike leach is truly mike leach and and he's hilarious i mean he told cone cone's got an 11 month old and he's starting to get mobile and he asked him about it and, and mike leach said his son was training his kid with a laser pointer on the ground the kid just <laughs> running after him. he's like he's got him doing cone drills with it so david went and bought a laser pointer last night i mean his kid's already wearing two-year-old clothes he's six foot seven and so if I was Harson, then I'd go ahead and offer him now. <laughs> we were talking a little bit earlier about Coach Harson and SEC Media Days last year was, as you said, your mm-hmm. first trip there. And Tom brought up the fact that uh, after we spoke with Harson last year, oh, yeah. you got a chance to chat with him. And within 15 seconds, you're breaking down the defense. And Coach Harson yeah. was kind of like, whoa. Well, you know, again, and, and these coaches are so busy, they're probably not looking in, uh, you know, guys' past and, and stuff like that. But, again, I'm, I've been in it. You know, I tell people if I was a, a chef for nine years at a high level, I'd probably have a pretty good chef podcast. So I, I always get enjoyment out of the coaches when they come on because, you know, a lot of times, and this isn't a knock on anybody, you do interviews, and a lot of the questions are generic. You know, how's the run game going to be? You know, how, how do you guys feel about the defensive line? Well, when I get you on there, let's talk about the difference between shotgun and center. How's Bo Nix being able to see the safeties rotate? How much is that helping them? And, you know, looking at protection how much you have in a slide now in the SEC because the defensive ends are so good. So I think, you know, my goal all the time with the show or, or when I'm interviewing is, to, is why the Suggins win the water cooler is I, I want fans to learn something from it. Not that I have all the answers. I don't have all the answers, but I got some of them. Uh, I, I want our fans of the show to learn something, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be like I'm speaking a foreign language where you can understand it because we really started talking it and we started using the terminology, you know, it'd be like me trying to go read Braille. I don't know what the hell I'm touching. So, uh, no, that, that's kind of something we've always had. And, and I've always enjoyed, you know, whether it's Pollock or any of those guys that come on, we kind of get down in the nitty gritty a little bit. So I, I think that's something that separated us. But yeah, Brian was a little bit uh, uh, surprised when I asked taking him. Taking aback. Yeah, <laughs> taking aback a little bit. But no, it was, it was good stuff. And we're hoping to get him on tomorrow as well. So I may ask him a little bit about defense this year. There you go. Jake, thanks for stopping by. It's always good to see you, man. JJ, it's great to see you guys. Uh, you know how much I love what y'all are doing. And uh, Abby Award winners, shout out to Abby Award That's winners, right. you know, showing some love over here. No Trevon Reed this year, but we're yeah, still look, doing look, it. Look, T. Reed's know? doing He's his doing thing. Love things. T. Reed. It's a great, great fit. Uh, wish Trevon nothing but success. What a beautiful family and a beautiful person. And he chose Auburn when everybody else was going to LSU. Don't forget that. He's from, he's from the state of Louisiana. Yeah. He chose Auburn and, in front of LSU, and that's a lot to ask a kid. But uh, I appreciate you guys as usual, and just let me know. That's all right. That's Jake Crane from Crane & Company.